ever been listening to your favorite podcast and think, hey, I want to start my own? Then you need Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, everyone's favorite word, free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome back to the Bibliophile Hour. I am your host slash cousin, Erica the Bibliophile, and we are here for day 24 of Read a Book, Record a Podcast. One more week and I will be done where I read a book and I retell or review the book to you, adding my little sprinkle of input on what I think about the book. And we are here for part three of A Mayhem Love by Bianca, who I've mentioned before is one of my favorite authors. Let's get into it and see how all this drama unfolds. So a little recap from the last book is Zenobia brought Mayhem his cup and she put the quote unquote love potion inside of it. And she raped him and in the middle of her raping him, thinking that they're going to fall in love with each other because they drank this potion. Olena comes into the room and she tases both of them. And, you know, then she ran out of there. But she sat in her car and she sees um, Trent and Malice holding Mayhem and Zenobia in their arms. And Cam calls her and tells her that she killed him. But then she calls her again and tells her, you know, we're going to the hospital. Meet us at the hospital. So let's start the book. And Olena instead goes on the highway because she knows that she thinks that Mayhem is dead. So she's running because she's going to have too many people after her. So she's like, I got to get out of town right now. And she drives until her car starts to jerk and then she sees smoke coming from the hood. But she doesn't stop until the car like actually stops on its own. And she probably could have made it further if she hadn't rammed into Zenobia's car. And now she's in the middle of nowhere with no one to call. Because, you know, anybody she calls, they're going to come get her and bring her back. And she's just so sure that the Baileys are going to kill her. So she gets her purse. She goes into her trunk and she's going to get clothes and shoes but she sees that the hood of her car is on fire so she takes off running as far as her little belly can carry her and as soon as she makes it to the end of the road she hears a boom so you know her car has completely collapsed or you know set on fire whatever and um So she goes to her phone and luckily it still has 15% on it and she calls Noah and he doesn't answer on the first ring as he normally does. So she calls him back to back 15 times before he answers. And so, you know, she tells him, I need your help. And he says, where are you? Hold on tight. I'm on my way to get you. And 
Then she gets a call from an unknown number, and it's Frank. And he's like, where you at? Send me your location. We need to rap. But she tells him, fuck you. Don't call my phone. As far as I'm concerned, your boy got what he deserved. And it's like, girl, what? Why would you say that? You know Frank is insane. Um, But, you know, she's just trying to sound hard, knowing that she's scared, but she doesn't want to let off where she is. And... Frank calls her a stupid bitch, tells her, I can't wait to get my hands around your throat. I'm going to make you feel everything, and you're going to be laid right next to my partner. And, you know, he's still going off, but she hangs up the phone and starts to cry. So, you know, it's already started that Mayhem's homeboys are after her, and she doesn't know what to do. Um, So Noah pulls up, and he helps her into his car. And, you know, she's crying, saying, Frank is going to kill me. And Noah's like, no, he's not. He has to find you first, so give me your phone. He drops it and steps on it and leaves it on the bench that he picked her up from. And he takes her to a cabin that his family has that um his grandparents gave to his parents. And... At first, she asks if she could stay at his place, but he's like, you know, Mayhem has already been to my place, so we can't do that. And, you know, he tells her about the little visit that Mayhem paid him, but, you know, he told him not to say anything. Like, so why are you saying something now? Just say, no, you can't stay at my place. So he takes her to the cabin, tells her she can't have a phone and she can't contact anybody. And he'll have to come back and take her to the city so she can use pay phones for only seconds at a time. And she starts rubbing her belly like, you know, my babies. How am I going to be able to check on my babies? And he's like, you know, we just got to focus on right now. We can't focus on anything else. And the cabin is in Rockford. So that's two hours away from Chicago. And it's not until he tells her, you know, I have to go that she realizes that he's she's there by herself he's not going to be staying with her because he's like you know it's going to look suspicious if we both disappear at the same time um so you know i can't stay here with you and so then she thinks about her house like oh i can't lose my house how am i going to pay for it and he offers to pay for the first well, the next three months, not the first, the next three months. And then after that, they'll have to figure something out. And I'm like, y'all already planning three months in advance of her staying in this cabin? And she, he's told her, you know, my brother randomly comes up here when he wants to get away. So I'm like, how are y'all planning to pay for three months? And you don't know if the brother going to pop up at any time. Speaking of which, the brother calls him and says, you know, where are you at? And have you heard from mayhem's girl because there's a bounty out on her head for seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars they want her back alive so you know let me know if you hear from her because we could be rich and he has to play it off like yeah bad as soon as i hear from her you know we're gonna get this money but of course when he hangs up he tells her you know like i'm not really gonna turn you in so don't worry about it you just have to stay low and she apologizes and tells him, you know, I can't get you killed. So basically, she's deciding not to go through with this. And she's like, you don't know Mayhem's posse. They're not going to stop looking for me. 
And he says, you know, if I gave a fuck about his posse, I wouldn't have came and got you. I know what I signed up for. Don't worry. We're going to keep you safe. And like I said, he tells her he'll be back in a few days. So we're going 45 minutes back before Olena showed up where Mayhem is watching her and Noah on a hidden cam that he hid in Noah's house. You know, just watching them interact and... You know, they're just talking and laughing and actually being friends. So for a moment, Mayhem felt bad about installing the hidden camera. So he's just listening to the conversation. But if Zenobia hadn't showed up when she did, he would have heard her story about how she lost her virginity in the back of a car for $200. You know, like the story she told Noah about Felton Moses and what she went through. But because Zenobia showed up with his cup with the love potion in it, he had to close his computer and he missed out on that part of the story. So it's just like, you know, you get the experience, the moment through his eyes. He felt everything in slow motion. He did not want Zenobia on top of him. You know, he wasn't aroused for her, but because of the drugs in his system, you know, he got aroused. And her climbing on top of him and he wanted to push her off, but he couldn't. And then seeing his girlfriend come in crying, being hurt by his actions. So while his brother was carrying him, you know, to the hospital and crying over his body, he feels like he's sick of living because he's tired of hurting Olena over and over again, even though he is a victim in this situation and it wasn't his fault. It's like they were in such a good place. And then here Zenobia goes, excuse me. So Noah makes it back from Rockford and he's pulling into his home and he goes to Kelsey's house and oh no, 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 I'm ahead of myself. I'm sorry. Um, It's his house and Frank is waiting for him at his house. Sorry, because, you know, reading the book, I get situations mixed up. So I do apologize. Um, And Frank is sitting there with a gun and he's like, you know, I'm here. And he tries to play it off like, no, I have cash in the safe if you want it. He's like, man, I don't want that damn money. Where's Olena? I know you know. So think before you speak because I know she called you a few hours ago. Like Frank has all the intel. You can't get nothing past him. But Noah says she did, but I was on a date. I picked up and told her that I would call her back, but I never got around to it because I was on a date with my girl. I just came back from her house. Oh, really? We'll call her. Call Kelsey right now. So he calls her and he tries to lead the conversation. But Frank grabs the phone and puts it on mute and says, you know, don't lead her. Just talk how you would regularly talk. So she covers for him. And Noah um, basically tells Frank, like, you know, see, I told you I don't know where she is. But Frank tells her, you know, if I find out that you're lying, I'm going to kill your whole family in front of you. I'll leave you alive to live with the fact that you are the reason why your whole family is killed. So do you want to um, rethink about your decision? But he goes back to Kelsey's house because, you know, on the phone, she was telling him, oh, I wish you would have stayed. We could have did this and this. So he says that he's coming back over. And although he didn't want to because he's like drained from the night's events, it, he didn't know if somebody was watching him or not. So he went back over anyway and he lost his virginity that night 
And so for the last two days, they've just been getting it on like rabbits. And she calls him and says, you know, can I ask you a question? I just want to know if we're going to move forward or are if we're just going to keep being friends, uh, being friends with benefits, because, you know, like we got to put a title on this. I'm just not going to keep having sex with you and I don't get anything out of it. And so then he goes to see his dad and his dad asks him, you know, are you helping this girl hide? If so, you are in a lot of trouble with the police, the Baileys and whoever this girl has pissed off. So he's basically also trying to get him to give up olena's location but you know noah is holding it down he's like i didn't even know she was missing until noel called me and said that people were looking for her why does everybody assume that she's with me and he tells me you know if i knew where she was why would i tell you why you of all people are you connected to the bailey somehow and his dad who is a pastor who is aka felton uh moses that we found out in the last book with his nasty ass and he's looking at his dad like do you know her or something because i didn't miss the way you were gritting your teeth when you looked at her you know like when they walked into his house while she was helping him getting ready for his date and they both were very rude to olena and he's like you know no excuse me um i know her from cursing me out one day and it's like you got that kind of animosity for somebody who just cussed you out Okay, whatever. So he goes, uh, Noah leaves, and he goes back to the cabin where Olena is. And she was going to try to set him on fire because she had a can of hairspray and a lighter. So, you know, if you press down on the button and let the hairspray come out and you light it, that's going to go very far. And basically, she was about to light his ass up. But he moves in time. And he's like, you know, what are you doing? And she says, you pull, it's a different car than what he um, came and got her in. So she thought it could have been Frank or any one of Mayhem's guys that he has working for him. And he asks her if she's been watching the news. And she says, no, I haven't been out of bed, you know, since you left. I just peeked through the blinds when you pulled up. And so she hasn't eaten anything in the last two days. So he makes her something to eat. And, you know, they just sit down and talk. And she asks him, so what have you been doing for these last two days? And he tells her about Casey and how they're having sex. And she's asking him all type of questions. And, you know, they're just having, in the circumstance of what's going on, they're just having a nice, quiet evening with each other. And he's thinking, Olena is a really funny girl. And whenever he got a girlfriend, he would want a girl to be just like her. So it's just like, yeah, you want to be more than friends, nigga. And, <clears throat> excuse me. While Mayhem is in the hospital, he's having that moment where, you know, your life flashes before your eyes. And you just see everything that you've done in your life. And after that's over, then he gets another little, like, vision where Alina is in the kitchen holding a baby boy and they're looking at a, f a picture on the refrigerator and when they move out the way there were four children sitting on a bench two big children and two small children and then everything becomes a blur like he can't see clearly who it is and so a man comes into the kitchen and takes the boy out of Olena's arms and 
but then like the vision goes away and he can't see who it is and so that's when his eyes like jerk open and this is when the nurses and doctors were whatever that machine is where you know they go clear and they revive him and he had flatlined twice so you know he died twice before they finally got him alive and staying alive but he wakes up saying my wife where's my wife so he's trying to get out of the bed but the doctors are trying to hold him down at the same time so it's a struggle and he's fighting against them like you know get off me I need to go find my wife but they managed to sedate him and you know he calms down and then falls asleep and while he's starting to wake up he hears the doctor's voice and the doctor is telling his parents I can't even pronounce this drug but the drug that killed Michael Jackson R.I.P. to the legend that's what they found in his system along with an unknown sub substance excuse me that the toxicology report didn't pick up so he's asking you know has he traveled out of the country lately and mrs bailey tells him you know yeah he recently went to haiti but my son doesn't do drugs so what are you implying and he's like you know we're not implying anything we're just letting you know what we found in his system and then they asked what happened before he was brought in and after they tell the story you know actually the shock of the taser is what saved his life instead of what killed him and so mayhem slowly opens his eyes and he tries to sit up but he can't but because um he acted a fool the last time they strapped him down to the bed and he's still trying to get up again saying you know i need to go find my wife i need to let her know that this was a mistake and i was not in control of my body and his mom tries to talk to him but he looks at her and says this is all your fault anyway everything all of it i don't even know why you're here get out and she's still trying to talk but he's like you know with all due respect i don't want your apologies i really want you to leave and so she leaves out crying and malice comes in and it's like you know what did you say to mom she's out there crying i had to stop dad from coming in here and beating your ass basically he's like man you tripping and he's like i'm in this situation because of your mom had i put out zenovia when i wanted to from the very beginning i wouldn't be in this particular predicament now and he tries to tell his brothers you know let me out of these straps i need to get to olena and malice ain't hearing it he's like are you out of your mind she's the reason why you died twice i'd be a fool to let you contact her plus she's dead anyway her car went up in flames and it's like did, did you really just tell your brother that his girlfriend and the mother of his children just died like that like he would be happy about it and malice is like yeah that bitch dead anyway fuck her so the machines that are hooked up to mayhem start going haywire and he has a seizure and the doctor asks Malice, like you know what happened what did you say i i i i said that his baby mama was dead but isn't of course the doctor is on my side like why would you tell him something like that his body is under stress already and telling him that the mother of his children is dead sent him into an emotional emotional seizure and the doctor says now we have to worry about you seizing every time you think of her on top of trying to find out what the other drug is in your system and they're also trying to flush out that other drug out of his system but then mayhem you know falls back out and he's not listening anymore 
So when Zenobia wakes up, the doctor tells her, you know, your nose is broken in so many places and you have to have reconstructive surgery. Ugh, if I can get my words together. But they can't do that because she has the unknown drugs in her system. So they have to wait till it's flushed out before she can even have her surgery because her face is in a lot of pain from where Olena kicked her ass, which she well deserved. And, you know, now that she's awake, she has to answer questions about the drugs that were found in both of their systems. And the doctor asked, you know, like, are you ready to tell us how you got a drug that you can only receive in hospitals and y'all went at the hospital when y'all took them? And, you know, having that drug, whatever the drug is, is a federal offense and she can and will receive jail time. And she told the doctor, I would much rather receive jail time than deal with the Baileys. And then she tells him how it was supposed to be a love potion and she bought it in Haiti. And she didn't know that it would hurt them. And it's just like, girl, but you a nurse. But anyway, so she's asking for her kids. And the doctor says, you know, I'll let them in. And when she hears the door open, she's expecting to hear her kid's voice. But it's actually Mama Bailey standing there with a gun in her hand. And she walks towards her and tells her, nothing would make me feel better than to see your brain matter splattered on the wall behind you. And she puts the gun up under her chin. Click. Nothing happens. I forced my son to give you a million dollars. One whole million dollars that your son, so your son could have in a life altering surgery. Click. And nothing happens. Click. And she starts to scream. Well, she lets out a low scream. And she pees on herself and mama bailey tells her now is not your time to talk i could have possibly lost a very good relationship with my son because of you click click so it's just like basically russian roulette it's like there's a bullet in here how many times can she pull it before anything happens and zenobia pleads you know mrs bailey please don't kill me i have kids you have kids so do I and that is the only reason why I made my son give you the money I have lost a child before and I wouldn't wish the pain of losing a child on anyone and the way you repay me the woman who essentially saved your son's life is by drugging and raping my son click and then the door opens and you hear Ankara's and Marcus's voice and Mrs. Bailey pulls the gun one more time, click, and nothing happens. So, you know, basically, there's no bullets in the gun. She just wanted to scare her and warn her. And she leans down to whisper in her ear, my husband didn't want me to come in here with a loaded clip. And as you can see, he is very much correct because had I had a full clip, I would have emptied it right into your chin. Karma is a bitch. And once my real daughter-in-law drops those twins, she's coming for you. And so then she leaves out. So Ankara asks her, you know, mom, did you really drug my father and yourself and call it a love potion? You're a nurse. So I know that this story is fabricated because there is no way a nurse would take something that has no label on it. 
And then Marcus tells her, you know, I know he calls him Mr. Bailey. I know he's not my real dad, but he calls me his son. He plays games with me. He talks to me and I want to be like him when I grow up. Will he will will he still want to be my dad after this? And for some reason, her grown ass catches an attitude with her kids and says, you know, are you kidding me? You haven't seen Mayhem in eight years and you think he is a great guy, but he's not. And Marcus, you want to be like him? You want to be a killer, huh? Because that's what Mr. Bailey is. A killer. You want to be a killer? And she goes back to Ankara and says, if your dad really wanted you, he would have never left you in the first place. He wouldn't have gone eight years without seeing you. It wouldn't have had to take me coming and begging him for money to help your brother out. So if you think for one second that your dad is a good guy, you are far from from right. And, you know, they call her and they're like, Mom, Mom, what? I know he a killer because he killed your real father in front of me. And it's like, bitch, are you serious right now? Like, you real life catching attitudes with children who are having children's emotions. You are an adult. Pull yourself together. I cheated on Mayhem with this guy named Eric and he caught us and killed us. Still think he's a good guy. Still want to be like him. And this is when she tells, she, well, she already said it, but she tells him that Santana is not his real dad. And then she, like, when it's dead silent, she realized what a mistake she's made. And she wants to apologize, but it's like, you can't apologize for that. But anyway, two detectives walk in the door and they handcuff her to the bed and tell her that she's under arrest um for contempt of court in arizona and the kidnap kidnapping of marcus casey and then somebody else comes in after she's been um what is it mirandized and their social services so they're going to take the children and put them in custody of santana until all of this is figured out so it's just like everything is falling apart right before her eyes so olina has been on the run for a week and she tells noah you know i want to call my sister and i want to call my friend so they plan on going to two different pay phones in the city and she calls taiwan first and says you know i love you and before Taiwan can't even respond, Noah hangs up the phone. So they travel to another payphone and she calls her sister Olivia. And she asks, you know, she's like, Lee, where are you? And she says, I can't. Tell my nephew I love him more than anything in this whole world. And Trent is listening. So he calls out Olina's name in the background. But Trent once again hangs up the phone and you know she's very sad and when they get back to the cabin she just gets into bed excuse me and he apologizes noah he's like i'm so sorry i wish that there was more i could do for you i wish he hadn't cheated on you so you wouldn't be in this situation i really hate that you are sad you being sad makes me sad and he starts rubbing on her stomach and she says you know while you're doing this do you want to rub oil on my stomach and this is where i start to feel away because i'm just like girl no why are you offering for him to do that but he says sure i'll do anything for you it's just like nigga ugh, you are the reason why they say that men and women can't be friends because you 
you're not trying to be a friend. But anyway, um, while he's doing that, he asks her a question and says, you know, I don't want to dirty Mac or even seem like I am, but what do you see in Mayhem? Was it his swagger because he's a drug dealer? I know most women like street men. And Alina tells him, Mayhem was a lover, a really good lover. He was rough around the edges, but once you got to know him, he was funny and sweet. He loved hard and had a very strange way of showing it, but I didn't doubt that he loved me. It's just that Zenobia came back and got her claws in him. She was his first love, and you never truly get over them, I guess. So it's been a week for Mayhem, too. And, you know, he's still in the hospital and he's still strapped down to the bed. And he's been acting a fool while he's been in this hospital. So the doctor ain't been letting him have any visits and no television. Because anytime the news said something about Olena missing and showing the video of her car going up in flames, he would have a seizure. So he's just been basically by himself for a week but he was relieved to find out that malice wasn't serious about having olina killed and but frank does you know um have their goons out looking for her so he appreciates that but he told malice you know keep it on the low that he's still alive he doesn't want all of them rushing out to the hospital to see him and he just wants to continue to let everybody think he's dead till he gets out of the hospital. So he's talking to the doctor and the doctor is asking him, you know, how he's doing. He's really not talking to him. And he lets him know, to be honest, your girlfriend, but Mayhem is intent on everybody calling Olina his wife. And this is when he tells him, you know, your wife catching you with another woman actually saved your life because if she hadn't uh, tased him, he was already being paralyzed from the legs down. So actually the taser is, you know, what kept him alive because he couldn't feel anything else. So he asks where his kids are and the doctor has, him, has to inform him that they've been taken and Zenobia is under arrest. And he's like taken by home. And he has to, you know, the state. They're back in Arizona. And, um, you know, she's been given a clean bill of, a bill of health. So they shipped her back. And the kids were taken and placed in custody of her husband. So he has to calm himself down. Because it's just like, I don't know that nigga. And I don't know what he doing to my kids. So he actually, you know, when is he getting out of here? But it's on the condition that he takes a seizure medication and mayhem refused. He says, unstrap me, discharge me, tell me what I tell me when I need to come see you again. And in that order, when you put that medication in your body, you end up having more shit wrong with you than when you started. And that is so true. If I start taking it, that means I have to keep taking it for the rest of my life. I won't do that to myself. So the most I'll do is take in Tylenol or an Advil for a headache, but that's it. And the doctor is like frustrated, but just like, nigga, what you gonna do? You can't force him to take it. But 30 minutes later, he comes back with Mayhem's parents and his brother. And 
he's like, you know, I don't know why they're here. Just tell me that you got my discharge papers. And then he tells Malice, you know, let me call, uh, borrow your phone so I can call Cam to come pick me up. If you're not going to do it, then I'll use the phone at the front desk. I don't want to be bothered with nothing or nobody right now. I want to get my things from your house and go to my own house. That's it. Nobody else say anything else to me. And he's like, bro, you died twice. You don't think. And Mayhem was like, I just told you what I think. I just told you I didn't want to hear nothing else about nothing. I don't think I can make myself any more clear. And, you know, they're just trying to get him to understand. Like the doctor said, I don't care what the doctor said. And then he turns to the doctor and he says, you know, the next thing that's going to happen is me killing you with that needle that you're about to try and shove into my arm right now. I know that you have it behind your back. And so the doctor tries to raise his arm anyway, getting ready to stick mayhem with it. But Malice grabs his wrist and twists it to make him drop it and says, you know, he's not joking. Let him go. We'll deal with him at home. And the doctor is looking at him like, man, are y'all crazy? He needs to be here. But then Mama Bailey is yelling at the doctor, discharge him now. And Mayhem, like, she thinking that's going to make me rock with her. But I'm cool on her right now. Like, I meant what I said. She ruined my life for the moment. And he's not going to be mad at her forever. But, you know, those are just his feelings right now. Which, it's not logical, but I can understand the sentiment. It's just like, I told you to let that bitch go on her merry little way. Like, okay, unfortunately, the little boy would have died. But, man, fuck them kids. And... That's not my problem. That's her problem. I don't owe her nothing. I don't care that I killed her, uh, the baby daddy. I don't care. That's not my fault. I'm like, bitch, I loved you. I was going home prepared to propose to you. And I find you cheating with the next nigga. I'm like, you lucky I didn't kill you. Should have killed you too. Give a damn that I killed that boy daddy. But anyway, um, <laughs> um, Mama Bailey is still trying to talk to him. But he, he ain't giving her no type of play. He's like... This is all your fault. Everything. I ain't messing with you like that right now. And she starts crying again, but he just gets his things and goes to his car. Malice comes out and says, this is your second time making mom cry. What's your deal? But Mayhem just waves him off and, you know, he leaves. He goes to Frank's house and he has a key to Frank's house. So he just lets himself in, which, no, (laughs) like, you don't know what I'm doing up in my that's why I don't, I, uh, well, my friends are far away and I don't live by myself anyway, but I just got a feeling if I did, nobody is going to have extra keys to my house. Cause you don't know what I'm doing. You just walk in. But anyway, Frank wasn't doing anything, but talking to his girlfriend in their bedroom, but he is crying. He's really upset because he thought his best friend, his brother was dead and ain't nobody found Olena and you know, he's been calling morgues, hospitals, and can't nobody tell any tell him anything about mayhem. Ain't no funeral arrangements been made, and Malice not even answering his phone. Um, Mama and Papa Bailey ain't answering their phone either. And <laughs> he says, them goddamn Baileys not going to be satisfied until they burying me next to my brother. And this surprises mayhem because, you know, like, they're brothers, they're cool, they're best friends, but... Frank don't show emotion like that. So to know that he's really torn up at the possibility of him being dead touches him. But because they're men, 
is enough of this mushy shit and he comes from around the corner into the bedroom and frank gets up to give him a hug so mayhem explains to frank you know everything that happened and frank asks so basically she's on the run for nothing just put it out that you're alive and all will be well i can put the bounty on nobi's head instead and mayhem says oh no i got something uh special planned for her but i gotta get my kids back before i do anything so they're on their way to nope nope jumping ahead sorry um his mom texts him you know apologizing and telling him you know please don't be mad at me let me know what i have to do to make this right i love you more than anything in the world but he still ain't messing with his mom right now so he just deletes the text and move on it's two days later where he goes to olena's doctor and he runs into noah and says you know why are you at my baby mom's doctor do you know where she is but noah says no and you know he keeps it moving or attempts to but mayhem reminds him like i don't have to remind you of what i said when i oof, if i get my words together i don't have to remind you about what i said would happen if i have to visit you again right so noah shakes his head no and he leaves so then mayhem goes into the doctor's office and you know asks her where is the mother of my children i know you know because y'all are close and you're her doctor so please tell me where the mother of my child is. I'm really missing her and I'm physically and mentally sick without her. So the doctor says she doesn't know where she is either. And Frank pulls out his gun. And he basically ready to start shooting. But um, Mayhem says no. Because if she does know where she is, she can lead us to her. So don't do anything to her. And... Mayhem goes home and lays down because, you know, he has to deal with the case with Zenobia and Kara and Marcus. And then he also is still trying to find his woman and his baby. So it's just like, like I said in the beginning, what started out is so good is turning into shit. So Zenobia is being held on avoiding a process server and for the charges of kidnapping of her own son. And she's meeting with her lawyer who's just basically running down the case to her. But her lawyer is her friend's Paris boyfriend. So when she goes outside and she's standing on the sidewalk after talking to the lawyer, Harry. She notices that Paris is sitting in his car. And she goes over and knocks on the window. But Paris doesn't let the window down and she acts... As if she doesn't even see her. So she's like, oh, it's like that? Paris left the window down and said, hell yeah, it's like that. I was arrested for being an accomplice to kidnapping. My nursing license is gone unless I can prove that I had absolutely nothing to do with you kidnapping your kid. Can I prove that I was not involved? No, I can't. So guess what? I'll never be able to be a nurse again. My dreams of being a doctor are gone. Your dumbass needs to be glad I'm even still letting my boyfriend be your lawyer. I told you to leave well enough alone. Now look at you. That guy has a pregnant girlfriend and two kids. And she's gone and nobody can find her. What if she killed herself or something? She damn near killed the both of y'all. We both lost our license. You don't have a man 
or your kids. You lost everything that you worked so hard for. For what? What even possessed you to buy something that you don't even know what it is? You know what? Never mind. You think you got all the answers anyway. I don't want to see you again. Now get away from this car. And she tries to open the door to fight her friend. But it's like, what are you trying to fight her for? She's right. She basically put herself on the line to help you, even though she told you not to do what you did and you did it anyway. And you expect her to just still be in your corner. I'm. That's not what a, a no, no. I'm like, I lost my license. I wanted to be a doctor. I can't even do that now for trying to help you out. So yeah, I was your friend, but now you are no longer mine. And um, Harry tells her, you know, tomorrow they have a meeting with Santana and his lawyer and she just needs to show up and let him do all the talking but she texts mayhem and tells him i know i'm the last person you want to hear from i want you to know that i'm truly sorry for what i did to you i want you to know that ankara is now in the hands of santana and it's all my fault i have a court date tomorrow to see what's going on so even though she's not expecting the text back mayhem does text her back and says keep me updated boo I pray that you get our kids back in your custody. Whatever you need from me, I'll do it. I miss them already. Once everything is situated, make sure you bring your ass back to Chicago. And I don't know if she's thinking that the potion worked or what, but she texts him, you know, like, why are you being so nice? Olena shocked the meanness out of you. And it's like, bitch, I know if I was on the other side of that phone, I'd be like, oh, I could fly to Arizona right now and just shoot your ass. But he says, I've always been nice. And you know that. I guess life is too short to harbor any hate for you. I'm pissed that you damn near killed me. But I guess it took that to realize you are who I want to be with. She should have known something right there. It's like, girl, I just keep going back to her saying she knows him better than anybody. So why are you not picking up on the fact that, Molly, you are in danger, girl? But anyway, he tells... He continues and says, I'm in the process of finding Olena, and if she's still pregnant, I'm going to petition for full custody when she has the kids, and all of us can be one big happy fam- family. She's done with it with me anyway, Ugh, if I can get my words together. And it's like, so you happy with being a second choice? But she is. She just wants a man. I don't think she cares whose it is. And so she tells him, I'll spend an eternity making it, making it up to you. I love you more than anything in this world. I can't wait to get this situated so we can finally be a complete family. That's the best news I've gotten all year. You're the best man in the world. It's like, girl, ugh. Anyway, so the next day at the meeting, you know, she's just ready to get it over with. And when Santana comes in with his lawyer, Nobody notices that Harry keeps calling Santana's lawyer. Like, he got, like, four or five nicknames for this woman. Her name is Rebecca. He calls her Becca, and then it's shortened to Beck. And he notices, like, the looks that they're exchanging with each other. I mean, she is. So, she noticed that these two lawyers are fucking. So, it's just like, wow, my friend's boyfriend is really cheating on her. But she just got to sit through the meeting like she ain't peep nothing. But Santana wants to go to marriage counseling, but Zenobia ain't trying to hear that. But he says he'll drop all the charges if she agrees to work things out with him. And Zenobia says, I'm not interested in being his beard, because that's basically what she would be. Um, But he says, you know, I'm not gay. I told you I was being raped, so stop playing with me. And... 
she says, I'm a nurse and I know the signs of a rape victim and you are not one. And she says, you know what? Let's take this to court. And he says, you were a nurse. You go to court and you know what will be mentioned? The fact that you tried to poison mayhem and he almost died of it. You almost died because of his baby mama coming in and catching you raping him. So it's just like, I don't know why she didn't think that they knew about that, but they did know. So it's just like, if you try to take this to court and try to fight him and say, you know, he can't have the kids because of this. And that's her thing. She's basically saying he don't want them kids anyway. He's just doing it to hurt her. But say if he did want the kids, her only reason is because he's gay. Not anything else. It's just because he's gay. And she keeps saying that. Um, But anyway, after the meeting is over, because it's basically going in Santana's favor. She just has to do what he says. She texts Mayhem and says, you know, it went bad. He wants to stay married and go to counseling. He keeps claiming he was raped. If I go back home, he'll drop the charges. What do I need to do? And it's like, why are you asking him that? You a grown woman. You don't know what to do for the sake of your kids. Somebody need to take them kids away from you anyway. Um, So Mayhem tells her, you know, you have to do what you have to do for a little minute. So you can be around the kids and making sure he ain't doing anything. You keep doing what you do and I'll take care of things. So she's smiling, thinking... That this is all going to work out in the end. And Mayhem just has this big old plan to come and save her. So she actually goes home and Santana welcomes her home saying, welcome home, wife. It's disgusting. So it's not been a month since Olena has been away from Chicago. And, you know, she's missing her family. She's missing Mayhem, mourning her lover. But Noah has convinced doc, uh, the doctor to come to Rockford to a small clinic and do her ultrasound. So, and there's a code on the house door. So, you know, once he leaves, she can't leave the house. And he said he's not going to give her the code because he doesn't trust her to go outside and not be caught by someone. And so she walks in the kitchen that morning and she's noticing how good he's looking and I think it's just the fact that she's been without somebody for a month because otherwise she wasn't looking at Noah like that. She was just looking at him as a friend. So she asks him, you know, after my appointment, can I call my sister and Taiwan again? And he says, I'll think about it, babe. Shit is getting real hot in Chicago. And it's like, nigga, shit ain't getting hot nowhere. You lying. And she says, you know, I want to read his obituary. So can you get me a newspaper? And he tells her, no, how are you ever going to get over him if you want to be reminded of him? You have to let him go. And I'm just like, Alina, I don't understand why this one clicking for you then, sis. I'm like, you're trying to be just a little bit controlling instead of helping. Because that's what he's trying to disguise it as. Like, you know, I'm just trying to help. Like, no, you're being controlling. And I see it. And she tells him, I'll never be able to let him go, Noah. That was my soulmate. How was he your soulmate and he cheated on you? And it's just like, okay, so now you trying to fight, bitch, because you playing dirty. But he quickly apologizes and says, you know, I feel like you're in a good place now. And I don't want you to revert back to that depressed state that you were in. And he asks for her forgiveness and she agrees. And then he kisses her. She pushes him back, but then he comes back again and kisses her again and she starts to kiss him back, but then she pushes him back again. 
and tells him, you know, the kiss was nice, but I'm still in love with Mayhem. And he tells her, I'll be whatever you need me to be for you and the twins. I'm here. Me, you, and the twins are going to be just fine. I can promise you that. And it's like, nigga, but what about Kelsey? But he tells her, if you want to try and work on this on us, I'll drop her. I promise you that. It's like, nigga, you done had that in your plans all along. You think you're being slick and you ain't. So at the appointment, Noah steps out. So it's just Olena and Dr. G. And she tells him, you know, you have to believe me when I say I didn't mean to kill Mayhem. And the doctor is looking at her like, what are you talking about? Mayhem is... And then Noah comes in and says, you know, is everything okay in here? Are you ready for me to come back in? Because he stepped out for her to get undressed and put, you know, the gown on and whatever. And he cuts into the conversation and says, we don't want her out longer than normal. So can we speed this up? And also, can you keep the chatter about him to a minimum? Because every time she speaks speaks on him, she gets upset. And that is not good for the twins. We need her healthy so she can deliver a healthy baby. So after uh, she's all checked out, she asks to speak to Noah outside. And, you know, like they talk for a minute and then come back in. And... You know, she's like, what's going on? Why? What are y'all keeping from me? And he just says nothing. And they leave. And in the car, this fool tells her, I'm taking you somewhere else. I'm going to move you to Kentucky. And she's like, Kentucky? I'm not going to Kentucky. I'm mad enough. I got to spend two hours away from my family. And you just going to tell me what I'm going to do? And she says, I'd much rather just go back to Chicago and deal with what I got coming my way. And he says, you know, no, you'll be able to be out and about in Kentucky and, you know, you won't have to be cooped up in the house and it's only seven hours away. And Alina says, no, I'm not moving to Kentucky. So you can stop at a payphone and let me call my sister and my friend. And he says, no, we have to get home to pack because I will be driving you to Kentucky. And she tells him, you know, I will run away before I let you. And it's just like, you're not even running away. You can just simply leave. He doesn't control you. He can't stop you. And he grabs her wrist and she snatches away and punches him in the face twice. And he swerves the car. And then when he gets the car under control, the police are pulling up behind him. And, you know, they play it off for the cops like it was just a little misunderstanding. And he checks his license and registration and walk away. And if I was her, I'd be like, can you please take me back to Chicago? I'm being held against my will because this nigga think I'm playing and I'm not. So the conversation that Noah and the doctor had outside of the room was her asking, you know, why does she believe that Mayhem is dead and not alive? And he tells her, you know, I want to tell her on my own terms that he's still alive. And if the doctor tells him, then she'll tell Mayhem that she knew all along where Olena was and she's going to get killed anyway. So Dr. G agrees not to say anything. And he just wants her to be fully over Mayhem before she tells him that, you know, Mayhem is still alive. And he knows that she's weak for him because she still cries for him every night 
he watches her on cameras that are set up in the house and i find that so creepy it's like nigga gross and so he's back in chicago and he stops by kelsey's house and when he comes in he sees that her head is not connected to her body mayhem and frank are there and they have uh decapitated daryl kelsey and before she died <laughs> it's not funny but it is funny um because he threw up you know at the fact seeing her head decapitated from her body but frank then threw <laughs> threw the head at him and told him to catch and his I'm sorry, there's something wrong with me. But Mayhem is there to ask, you know, where is my baby mama? So he's still acting like he doesn't know. And Mayhem tells him, you know, people, before they get ready to die, they start telling the truth. So before Kelsey died, she told them that he had her lie on a phone call when she called him. So it's like when Frank was there, it was like, call Kelsey right now. And the same night that she called, he was with his baby mama. And that's the night that Alina went missing and her phone was smashed to pieces. So he continues to act as, act as if he doesn't know what Mayhem is talking about. So Frank beats his ass. And he beats his ass to the point. Um, Noah doesn't wake up until a week later in the hospital and both of his jaws are fractured so his mouth has had to be wired his right arm is broken and six of his ribs were cracked his right arm will be in a cast for six weeks and you know his ribs have to heal on his own so he just asked for some medication and to leave and the same doctor that took care of mayhem is now taking care of noah so he says, why does no one want to stay in my care? And I found that hilarious. I'm like, so you must be a terrible doctor because all your patients like, okay, write me a little prescription and let me on about it. So his mom asked, you know, who did this to you? I bet it has something to do with that girl, the girl that went missing. And he's still not saying anything, you know, so he gets his discharge papers and he ups and leaves mayhem is you know looking at the calendar and it's been almost two months since he's seen olina and he's basically going out of his mind and he's thinking about you know what they did to noah and he still didn't say that he knew where she was so it leads him to believe that he's either really telling the truth or he loved olina enough to die for her which of course we can't have that and so he's sitting at home and Taiwan and Frank are arguing because she asks him, you know, why do you have a bounty on my friend's, friend's head? And Mayhem's like, man, I told you to call off that bounty. And he says, man, first of all, fuck you, Taiwan. And then second of all, fuck you, Mayhem. That bounty is what's going to bring my sister home to us quicker you need to worry about why you playing games with that Zenobi bitch and go ahead and let me pop her ass. 
And Taiwan's like, oh, now she your sister. She wasn't your sister when you was calling her all type of bitches and hoes. And Frank was like, man, you, I said that when I was upset and I thought she killed my brother. Don't hold that against me. You know that's my sister. It's like, nigga, you so fake. So Zenobia and Santana are supposed to be going to marriage counseling. And on their way there, they're having this conversation where... Once again, Zenobia calls him gay and he pulls over to the side of the road and they have a conversation. Side note, it's this um, conversation about him being gay and then him owning his masters. I really don't want to get into that, but I do just want to say shout out to Bianca. I love how she always shouts out her friends or a book that she likes in her book. So it's just like, as soon as you're done reading her book, I usually go... And, you know, like, I highlight the book that she shouted out, and I'll go read it later. So, I like that she shouts out her people. Um, but anyway, Satana tells her the story of how it started with the guy that he's been getting raped by. Because although she doesn't believe it to be rape, it started out as rape. So, I don't believe it can ever be consensual after that, even if he does get hard now and you know he's moaning and groaning he was forced and he's been being forced but anyway he says it started two years ago um around the time that Zenobia had stopped giving him money to go to the studio because it's like okay you've been doing this since I met you and it ain't going nowhere and I'm funding it like nigga I'm not giving you no more money either but um so he tried to tell the guy that he would pay him back, but that's when he pulled out the gun and told him to get on his knees and he had no choice. He didn't want to get shot. He couldn't ask her um, what she would have done in that situation because a lot of people say, oh, if that was me, I would have did that, 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 until they're really forced to be in that situation. So... And before that, people were telling him, you know, not to mess with the Branson guy because he was shady. And that's all they said. They didn't give any real reason because nobody wanted to talk about what they were forcing, what he was forcing them to do. So it's just like, okay, y'all just saying he's shady, but ain't nobody giving me no real explanation. And so Zenobia asked him, you know, why didn't you just tell me? What would you have done? What would you have said if I came home and told you I was being raped by a nigga for some studio time? It was hard enough on me that I wasn't helping you the way a man should help you. I wanted to tell you so many times, but I didn't want to see the look on your face that you have now. I had brought a gun in everything because once I finished my mixtape, I was going to kill him. You just don't know. Thankfully, I didn't have to do that. To keep me from pressing charges on him, he gave me my masters. So now I'm independent, making more money than I have in a long time. And I have a therapist, you know, helping me work through this trauma. You have all this newfound money, but at what cost? Your manhood? And it's like, why is it costing him his manhood? Being gay does not strip away your manhood. But you know, hey, homophobic. What can we do? Homophobia. And Santana says, you know, all I'm asking you to do is try. You're not even trying. You're so stuck on mayhem and you just don't know how foolish and stupid you look. Which, can I get an amen? Like, Santana, I don't like you too much either, but you're telling the truth. I don't know why she can't see that girl. It is curtains for you, but she is holding on so strong 
that Mayhem really loves her and wants her all this time. And, you know, he tells her, you know, I go through your phone. I know that you've been talking to him. So, girl, I'm not stupid. But anyway, later that night, she goes to find her kids, even though they're still not talking to her because of the foolishness that she did. Um, And Kara is reading to Marcus and she's rubbing his head. And when Zenobia walks closer into the room, she can see uh, Mayhem on FaceTime. So she calls out to Ankara, but she completely ignores her and keeps reading. So Mayhem tells her, you know, answer your mother. Don't be disrespectful. And she says, Dad, she tried to kill you and you still want me to be cool with her? What type of shit is that? And Zenobia smacks her. And Ankara runs out the room. And for some reason... I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. But anyway, she goes to apologize to her and and Carl says, you know, at this point, I wish I would have never saw my dad's picture on Miss Olina's page. Our lives have been going downhill since my dad came back into my life. I'm not sure whose fault it is. Mine, yours, his, everybody. I never meant for any of this to happen. I just wanted my dad back. I got him, but it seems like and so Zenobia's finally taking some responsibility and she's like, you know, no, don't blame yourself. It was my fault. And, you know, I'll never do what I did again. And I'm sorry that I hurt you. And Akara tells her, you know, I don't know what's going on with you and Santana, but maybe you could try to work with him and leave my dad alone because that's not happening. So I really wish you would stop trying to get with him. And so... They just leave the conversation like that because for some reason, the 12-year-old is smarter than the mama. So, Olina once again visits a payphone to call to her sister, you know, to send a happy birthday to their dad through her. And Olivia has to tell her that their dad had a heart attack and he's not doing too well. So, she needs to come home to see him because, you know, she feels like he's just in the hospital for a broken heart because his daughter is missing and she tells her you know i don't know where you are but you better get here because if i lose my dad because of you i'm gonna kill you and i mean that from the bottom of my heart like girl get your ass home now so when she gets off the phone she tells moa you know i'm going to see my dad i don't care if i die in the process but i want him to know i'm all right so he can be all right and he's like, I don't think, nigga, I don't give a damn what you think. You either take me to him or I'm going to hitchhike uh, hitchhike my ass right back to Chicago. So what's it going to be? So he says, okay. And, you know, they get to the hospital and she manages to make it into his room. Nobody's in there. And she apologizes to her dad saying, I love you so much. I hope you understand why I did what I did. I never meant to hurt y'all, but I didn't want to be killed. So it seemed as if her dad thought he was dreaming at first. So when he realizes that she's actually there, his machines start to, you know, sound off. And the nurse bursts into the room and she runs out. And when she runs out, she bumps into her sister and Trent and they you know, call after her and run after her. But she manages to get into Noah's car and they quickly drive away. And so they're staying in the hotel for the night before they make the drive back to Rockland. 
And she asked him, you know, can do you think we could stop and see the doctor while we're here? I haven't seen her in a month and it's time for my checkup and I've only been feeling one of the twins move. So he says, you know, I don't think that's a good idea. We can just see one of the doctors there. And they start to have this moment, but I'm just going to skim over it because I really don't care because if it's not Olena and Mayhem, I'm not here for it. I'm just being completely honest. Yes, I'm biased. I don't care. Noah and Olena are not a thing. This part never happened. la di da di da I don't care. Anyway, so Noah leaves out the next morning to go to work and he plans on coming back at 12. And she falls asleep and when she wakes up, she feels large hands around her throat. And when she opens them, she's looking into the eyes of Felton, a.k.a. Pastor Mason, B.K.A. Noah's dad. And she tries to move his hands away from her neck but it's no use and he tells her you know i knew it i knew he knew where you were and now i'm gonna get rich off of you and she has her taser up under her pillow so you know she gets it turns it on and ramps it into his arms to let go of her neck and she looks around in noah's bag and for some reason he has zip ties so he put, she puts uh, Pastor Mason's arms behind his back and zip ties them and she runs out of the hotel. And while she's running, she runs into Cam's friend, Shelly, that uh, if I ever do review A Malice Love, you know, she's more important to that series. But she sees her and she's yelling out her name. And then not even 10 minutes later, because Olina is like running in an open field Black trucks are coming towards her. So she knows that that's a part of the Bailey posse. So she just gives up. And Malice jumps out of the truck and runs towards her. And she starts begging for her life. She's like, please don't kill me. I'm so sorry for killing Mayhem. I didn't mean to, I swear. And he's looking at her in confusion because, you know, she's the only one that doesn't know that he's actually alive. So he's like, you know, what are you talking about? And she says, please, just let me see his grave before you kill me. Just let me apologize. And Malice is like, sweetheart, sis, Mayhem is not dead. He's been looking for you. Where have you been? So she's like, what? What did you say? And when he repeats it, you know, she faints and falls out. So Noah is on a high from last night. And he just can't wait to get back to the hotel and but when he gets there he sees his dad and you know he rushes over to him and checks him out and he calls the ambulance but he's also looking for Olina and while his dad is getting checked over he tells him you know if you hurt her he's like man what you mean if I hurt her do you see where I'm at I'm the one that's in the hospital getting my damn head checked out because she knocked me the fuck out and he's like, you know, what happened? Don't lie to me because when I talk to her, I'm going to ask her and her story better match with yours or I'm going to be pissed. So, you know, he starts off back in the day, Olena and I. And of course, this is like a punch in the gut to Noah because he's basically in love with Olena. He's like, ew, no, no, please no. And Pastor Noah's story is years ago, your mom and I were having problems, a lot of problems. 
So one day he was in Starbucks. He saw Olena sitting by herself and it was a lust at first type, uh, sight type of thing. And he didn't want to cheat, but the devil made him do it. And he just wanted to talk to someone with unbiased ears. And she listened and showed attention. And that's all he was looking for from his wife, but he wasn't getting it. So it started with a few texts here and there that turned into phone calls. And then one night she was heartbroken because her boyfriend had broken up with her. So he went over to comfort her. And after that, he and that led to them having sex. But he vowed to never see her again after that. And he saw her out and the lust and the devil made him do it again. And he just keeps bringing up the devil and the fact that the devil made him do it. And it's like, sir, hypocrisy, hypocrisy. But okay, we're not going to do it. You the pastor. You can do whatever you want, I guess. And Noah actually you know, does mom know about this? And how long did this little affair last? So he says it went on a little over three years. And then she got pregnant and she was trying to force him to leave his wife. And when she said that, I mean, he said he wasn't going to do it. She threatened to tell his wife. So she had to, he had to come clean to his wife before she did. And his wife agreed that she wouldn't leave if Olena got an abortion. So he gave her the money and that was the last time he saw her. Until, you know, they popped up at his place and was so rude to her. And he says that's the reason why she left out of his place so fast. And then he got the nerve to call her. She's scandalous. And no one tells him, but sure, pastor, don't judge me. The God I serve is a forgiving God. I have made my peace with him and my wife. That's all that matters. And it's like, ooh, we're not going to do it. I'm telling you, because I could talk about the church all night so anyway Noah runs out because you know he's still looking for Olena and he's hoping to find her before the Baileys do and but he's also not believing his dad's story like there's too many holes in his in the story and it doesn't matter well I mean it does matter but he's like he's not completely relying on his dad to give him the true information so he's still looking for Olena so maybe she can fill in the holes that he feels like his dad is leaving out so mayhem took a trip to arizona just to get out of chicago because he feels like he needs a break and he went out partying and drinking and he got so drunk the next night that he wakes up to an unknown woman in his room you know telling him that they had sex the night before so he calls on frank and another guy that he has by his side and tells him you know please get rid of her and also, they're going to force her to take a plan B and make sure she doesn't throw it up or spit it up. So just in case he was having unprotected sex, you know, it's not going to result in her coming back to bite him in the ass later. And he gets a call from Malice, but, you know, he's trying to shut off Chicago for a few days. So he tells him, you know, if ain't nobody dead, I'll be there tomorrow. Because Malice is trying to get him to come home. Like, bro, you got to come home. But he won't tell him why over the phone. And it's like, 
nigga, you just could have told him over the phone, like, we found her, bring your ass home. But when Mayhem asks, is somebody dead? And he says, no. So if ain't nobody dead, then I'll be there tomorrow. And he tells Frank and Retro is the guy's name. You know, if ain't nobody dead and it ain't about money, don't answer no calls from Chicago. So they pop up at the Casey residence and Zenobia looks like she's seen a ghost and asks him what he's doing there. I thought that you would be happy to see me. And Santana comes up behind her and asks him, you know, like, what the fuck are y'all doing at my house? And Mayhem tells him, pipe down, young man, and respect your elders before I pull off my belt and beat your ass. <laughs> and he's like, you know, I just came here to see the kids. That's it, young man. And it's like, okay, you might be nine years older than him, but can you stop with, <laughs> with the young man? Um, but anyway, when Ankara sees him, you know, she drops her phone and runs into his arms and whispers into his ear, take me with you, please. And, you know, Marcus sees him and he's like, Mr. Bailey, what are you doing here? Are you coming to pick us up? So he takes them out for the day, takes them shopping, you know, buys them whatever they want and then drops them back off at home and tells them, you know, just hang on tight. I'll be coming for you guys soon. So when they get back to Chicago and he pulls up to his house he sees like a bunch of cars in his driveway and he like, man, what the hell is going on? And Malice leads him, you know, to his bedroom door and opens it. And that's when he sees the love of his life laying in the bed. You know, her back is towards the door, but he knows it's her. So he shuts the door. So it's just her and him in the room and like the rest of the party is still outside the door. And he doesn't know if she's still pregnant or not because he hasn't seen her in two months. So he's walking around hoping to see around Belly. And he does. And he's just so happy to see her. And he doesn't want to wake her up. So he sits on the floor to just watch her. And he starts thinking about the fact that she must have had some help. And she wants to know who helped her because she didn't use any of the money in her account and when he thinks like it's a man that could be helping her, he gets upset. And it seems like the moment that his energy shifted, her stomach starts to move around or somebody's kicking in there. And she puts a hand on her stomach and says, calm down, baby. And then he also puts his hand on her stomach. And that's when her eyes, you know, pop open. And so we go back to a day and a half ago. Where, you know, she gets reunited with the family. They take her to get more clothes, to have a Manny and Petty. Basically just, like I say, reunite with the family. And while she's reuniting, she talks to uh, Taiwan. And Taiwan tells her that she almost had sex with Frank. Because they have a weird, like, flirty love-slash-hate relationship with each other. And so she just gives the rundown of how when they were arguing that day at his place about him having the bounty on her head and, you know, they just bicker with each other to the point where they were play fighting and Frank landed on top of her. And at first Mayhem made him leave, but he came back 30 minutes later, like on his own. And that's when they almost had sex with each other. And... 
She also goes to visit her doctor again. And the doctor says, so Nola finally told you that Mayhem was alive. And she's like, what are you talking about? Both you and Noah knew that Mayhem was alive and neither one of you said anything. You let me be worried, sick, damn near killing myself and you knew. And she has to explain herself like, you know, Noah told me not to tell you or he would tell Mayhem that I knew all along and Mayhem would kill me. I was afraid. And it's just like, okay, yeah, you're his girlfriend, but other people know to be scared of your boyfriend, sis. Like, I didn't, I don't want to die. So, yeah, I'm sorry. And she says, her, you know, Doc, I'm not even mad at you. I'm mad at him because he knew and he played all them games with her. So, you know, now we're back in the present. And when she opens her eyes to see him, you know, they're just staring at each other because it's been two months. And, you know, he's holding her face. They're looking at each other's eyes. And he's like, you know, I've missed you so much. Can I kiss you, please? So they start kissing and he told her, you know, my life wasn't the same without you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for everything. I'm sorry for hurting you time after time. I don't deserve you. I'm not worthy of you. You deserve better than me. And then he switches to, man, where you been? And don't lie to me. She's like, damn, you starting already? I haven't even seen you in two months and this is what you're doing? Only because I looked everywhere for you and you were nowhere to be found. Somebody had to be helping you. And she's like, damn, you ain't think I could do it on my own? He's like, honestly, no. Now tell me where you've been and who you've been with. And she refuses because she's like, you know, if I tell you, you're going to kill him. And I don't want you to do that. And I promise you, if you kill him, I'll never forgive you. So he's like, all right, just tell me what's going on. And I promise I won't be mad. I'll probably be frustrated, but I won't be mad. So after she runs down the whole story, everything, including Pastor Noah, you know, um, Mayhem, after he left the hospital, he doesn't take the seizure pills, but he does have to smell something really strong. And if he can do that before the seizure fully comes on, he can stop the seizure from happening. So he carries around garlic with him. And, you know, after she tells the story, he has to pop off the top and inhale the garlic because he can feel a seizure about to come on. And she doesn't know that so she's like are you okay and he tells her yeah I had to stop myself from having a seizure but I'm not okay because I'm frustrated that Noah lied to my face and I'm pissed that whoever this guy is put his hands on you and raped you when you were younger that's some sick ass shit man who the fuck hangs out at the mall and preys on young girls R. Kelly but we ain't gonna talk about it um so Olena calls Noah to set up a meeting you know at a restaurant just so they can talk because it's been a few days since you know she's been back and reunited with Mayhem so now she wants to talk to him and when they're sitting down to eat Noah just basically is starting on her already and basically saying you know like I want to get your side of the story because he tells her you know what his dad told him and she's like he lied to you ain't none of that shit happened and there was never a pregnancy and there was never an abortion it definitely didn't last three years i was 16 and your dad was a 34 year old man posing as an 18 year old so you need to be mad at him and not at me and then she asked him uh no he asked her why didn't you say anything? We lived together for two months and you didn't think to tell me that you had sexual relations with my father? I'm so glad you asked because I could ask you the same thing. 
We lived together for two months and you didn't think to tell me that my children's father was alive. And he tells her, you know, that's not the same and you know it. I thought we had something special, but fuck you. So he like pays and leaves out the restaurant. And after he leaves from that, because he's so angry about her basically getting back with the love of her life. But it's like, you knew she loved him. So how are you upset that as soon as she found out he was alive, she went back to him? And then he's thinking about the fact that his father is a pedophile. So he goes to the church and goes right up to the pulpit and punches his dad in the face. And he continues to attack his dad until his dad finally tells the truth. And his mom is so clueless. She's like, you know, what's going on? What are you talking about? And the more he's beating on his dad, it's coming together for him. He's like, now... If I calculate correctly in my head, around the time you had quote-unquote business troubles is when Olena said she stole the money from you. So Olena stole the money that I was supposed to use to go to school. And he tries to attack him again, and his dad says, you're taking the word of a known hoe over your dad? And he's like, yeah, you did the crime. There was never an abortion. And judging from the look on mom's face, she didn't know a thing about it. You're sick. I know there was a reason she asked me how I felt about pedophiles, And I said they should be eradicated from this earth. So still his mom is asking, you know, what's going on? And he turns to his dad and says, there's no reason you should have been in that room if you didn't know Olena. It's like, yeah, how did you get into that hotel room? And there's no reason for you to have been there. And there's no reason for you to uh, should have put those bruises around her neck. It's like, yeah, why are you choking her out? Even if you are trying to get some money. It don't make sense. It's like you telling on yourself. But anyway, the police show up and he's arrested for attacking his father. And his whole life is turned upside down once again. So Zenobia is back at home with Santana. They're still arguing, but they're also still together. And she's stalking their social medias and she sees that mayhem oh she see excuse me they're parading like a a happy couple so they're both just posting each other on their social medias and she realizes that she's been played once again and so santana asks her you know i'm still trying with you and you still like carrying a torch for this nigga you basically stalking them on social media and don't act like I don't be seeing you and every one of your search bars is both of their names like right at the top and it's like girl you have a sickness and so she goes to Paris's house after they argue about this but Paris is having her own troubles so she don't put two and two together that Harry is cheating on her and they get into a fight and she tells him you know you can leave and we're done and Harry slaps her so Zenobia done jumped out the car and now they jumping this nigga and that leads to a reconciliation between the two of them where they apologize and make up and they're still friends and you know that's a little bit of peace in her life right now so Olena is saying goodbye to Taiwan she's getting ready to go back to Italy with her sugar daddy who is standing like at the top basically like looking at his watch tapping on his phone like can we wrap this shit up and let's go 
and Olena gets a bad vibe from him. She don't like him at all, but you know, she can't stop Taiwan for living her life. But before she goes, Taiwan tells her, you know, tell me as soon as you're ready to have the babies and I'm right back on the plane and, you know, I'm going to be here. And so, Mayhem and Olena are having a conversation and she lets him know, you know, like, I'm going back to work. I don't plan on being a housewife with no ring. And, you know, so you're going to have to get over it. I'm not staying at home. I will be going back to work. And she also tells him, you need to talk to your mom because you haven't talked to her in almost three months. And he's like, man, I don't want to talk about that. I ain't talking to her until I get ready. But Olena smacks him and tells him, your mother and I had a great conversation. She told me, you know, her life story about her having twins and what happened and her relationship, whatever, whatever. And she tells him, you are going to talk to your mom tomorrow. And... (laughs) He tries to get some pushback, but she's like, man, I'm not playing with you. You're going to talk to your mom, and I mean it. And so he waits a little bit later, and like, you think you run me, huh? She's like, I do run you. I don't even know what you're talking about. So Zenobia and Santana have been trying to reconcile and make things work. So he had a performance in Phoenix where he was opening up for Yo Gotti, And she drove to see him. She gets a key to his hotel room from the front desk because she plans on surprising him. But she was the one that was actually surprised because when she walks into the bathroom, Santana is in the shower with the man Brighton and his wife. So, you know, she's feeling like she was right all along that he is gay. And then she also tells the woman, you did all that on social media because Branta's wife, she shared videos, shared all type of information about her husband being gay and a predator just to end up right back with him and involving herself in threesomes. But you know, hey, that's her business. Um, So Noah's life, like I said, is basically falling apart. He got fired from the company by his dad, but, you know, he really doesn't care because it's just like I beat his pedophile ass. I don't care. And his mom showed up to jail, not to bail him out, but to talk. It's like, you not going to bail. And she tells him, God did not put it in my heart to bail you out. I just came to get some answers. And the fact is, she knew what her husband was doing. But she condoned it because Olena was the last one. So it's like, in order for her to be the last one, that means that there was others before her. So you knew this sick motherfucker was doing this to other children. And you just let it be. And I just... Anyway. So his brother, Noel, you know, bailed him out. And... He went to go get something to eat at a restaurant. And while he's there, he sees Mayhem sitting in the back with a woman. So he walks over and he realizes that the woman is Mayhem's mom. And Mayhem is looking at him like, you know, is there something I can help you with? And he says, I just came over to let you know that I missed the taste of Olena. It's like, really? You're just trying to die. You already feel like you ain't got nothing to live for, but you just keep poking at the bear. So Mayhem is about to jump up, but, you know, Mama Bailey holds him down to the table and tells Noah, if I let my son's hands go, 
your good is dead. So you might want to get out of here. So he does leave the restaurant, but only for him to go to his parents' house to see if he can convince his dad to get some help, you know, for his illness, as they keep calling it, and he'll consider forgiving him. So he comes in the house and he goes straight to his dad's study and he sees that his dad is sitting in front of a bookcase with an open box in front of him with a pair of panties up to his face. And when Noah sees this, he completely blacks out. He grabs the ratchet that was sitting on the stand and hit his hit his dad in the back of his head. And when he heard his skull crack, he knew that he was dead. So his uh, Noah's mom runs in screaming, you know, what did you do? What did you do? And she jumps on his back and she's trying to claw his eyes out. Noah knocks her off and cracks her upside the head with the ratchet. So what, a minute, maybe 30 seconds, he's killed both of his parents. And he turns to his brother and tells him, you know, call 911 and Noel tries to talk him out of it. I'm like, I don't know if they was going to bury the parents or if he was going to tell him to run. But he's like, you know, no, we can do something else. And he's like, no, I'm I'm done. He was going to do it again. And I had to get rid of him. And basically, mama was collateral damage. So just call the police and I'm going to go to jail. So before... Noah had came over to the table. Mayhem was reconnecting with his mom, you know. They had started back talking to each other. And he showed her a ring telling his mom, you know, I'm about to propose because I love her. She's my best friend and I can't see life without her and my kids. After getting my heart broken, I never thought that I would find love again. Who knew my soulmate was living under the roof for me for three whole years before we even made a move? Who knew I would be marrying the girl that killed me? And then, you know, after he hears what Noah said, his mom tells him, you know, don't go home acting a fool. Talk it out. But when he gets home, because he uh, stayed out for like an hour long because he was that upset. He's like, you know, I need to calm down before I go in this house and say some shit I regret. But when he gets in the house, Olena is sitting at the kitchen table crying and holding her stomach. Noah called and he wanted to apologize for the things he said and you know she tells him that he killed his parents and Mayhem like I just saw this nigga what you mean he killed his parents but you know he told her that he caught his dad sniffing her old panties and she feels like this is all her fault but she also can't calm down and she's holding her stomach and screaming in pain So he takes her to the hospital and the nurse tells him, I mean, tells her your blood pressure, blood pressure is really high and I need you to calm down. You're at a critical age in your, I mean, stage in your pregnancy. And if your blood pressure doesn't come down, we could lose you or the babies. And Mayhem loses his shit. Like, why the fuck would you tell her that? You need her to calm down. Telling her if she doesn't calm down, she could die, is going to make her blood pressure, like, rise even more. And, you know, so he has to go talk to her and says, you know, I'll do whatever I can to help Noah out of this situation. I'm going to call my lawyers. We're going to do everything we can. Just calm down. 
I can't be without you or my babies. You know I get physically sick without you. So please calm down. And he starts to kiss her. And she kisses him back. And you know, like, that's bringing her blood pressure down. And he's helped calming her down. So he also says, you know, marry me. And she's like, what? What? Marry me. You're going to stop stressing and we are going to get married, okay? And, you know, they start to take her to the room. And she tells him, I'll marry you before they will her away. So, you know, his parents get there and, you know, they're just waiting to hear back from the doctor. So they finally come out and say that her blood pressure has been dropped and they're going to keep her overnight, but they'll let them visit for a little while. So, <laughs> so when they get back there, she said, surprise, motherfuckers, I'm alive. You thought you... <laughs> You thought you were going to propose to me and then I come back here and die, huh? Where the rock at? And so, you know, he pulls out the rock and she's sitting on the side of the bed and he gets down on one knee and he says, Olena, I love you more than anything in this world. I never thought that you would be the one to make me want to settle down and be a better man, a better person, a better human being. I know sometimes I act irrational, but I can assure you that it's all out of love. My heart beats for you and only you, our kids. Alina, I want you to be a Bailey. Will you do me the yes, the honor of yes, being my wife forever? Yes. Nigga, I don't know how many times I got to say this. Yes, yes, yes. I will marry you. So Zenobia thought that she was just going to pack it up and move to Chicago once and for all without saying anything to Santana. So she's gotten an Uber. She got the suitcases ready and she takes the Uber to the school to pick up the kids because, you know, after she got the kids from school, they were going straight to the airport. But they aren't waiting outside like how they normally do. So she calls Ankara on her phone and says, you know, where are you, sweetie? But Santana answers and says, she's home where you should be. So when she gets in the door, she sees that the kids are tied up in the middle of the floor and their mouths are taped shut. So she goes over to try to untie them. But then she hears a door slam behind her and she's knocked out by Santana. And when she wakes up, her hands are tied behind her back and her feet are taped together. But her mouth is taped, uh, is not taped. So when she starts screaming, Santana comes around the corner with a gas container in his hand and he's smiling. And so she asks him, you know, why are you doing this? Why am I doing this? And he starts dousing the whole house with gasoline and says, you know why I'm doing this. All I ever wanted to do was love you. That's all I ever wanted. I just wanted to take care of you and these kids and we live happily ever after. And she's trying to distract him and saying, you know, we can still do that. But he's like, you know, no, no, we can't. And I don't want to explain to you anymore. So y'all just sit still and I'll be back. So he leaves out the room again. And she tells Ankara to squeeze her muscles together. And she can get loose from the rope. And she wants her to get Marcus and get out of there. 
So they start shaking their heads, you know, basically saying no. And she's like, you know, now is not the time to argue with me. I would much rather both of you live than us all die together. And she's encouraging Ankara because, you know, she's crying. And she's like, you can do it. You're so strong. I love the both of you so much. And whatever happens today, I just want you to know that I love you from the bottom of my heart. So he comes from the back like, what y'all talking about up here? And she asks him, you know, if they can have sex one last time. And, you know, he pulls her into the room and she asks him, you know, can you close the door? I don't want my kids to see us having sex. But he basically does it right with the door open with Zenobia staring into her son's eyes and that was so hard to read like when I first read it because it's like can you imagine because it's it's not rape but it feels like it is rape and it's like you have to look into your son's eyes while you are tied up and this man having sex with you but anyway uh Ankara gets free and she gets Marcus free and she comes to the door with a knife she Zenobia thought they were just gonna run out and, you know, she was going to sacrifice herself. But no, Akara comes to the door with a knife and she goes over to Santana while he's on top of Zenobia and rams the knife into his back as hard as she can. So, you know, he raises up and he punches Ankara, knocking her out. And he's like, I knew I couldn't trust you. So he goes to pull the lighter out of his pocket. But Zenobia kicks him in the chest and makes him fall off the bed onto his back and drives the knife even further into him and he drops the lighter in the process and you know while she's trying to she got up and although her arms were tied behind her back you know that little move that people can do where they basically like contort their bodies to get their hands to the front of them that's what she does and she goes over to pick up Ankara and he's still somehow Santana is still alive and he gets the lighter and he drops it and the bed goes up into flames and he's still trying to crawl over to them. But Zenobia manages to get Ankara and make her way out of the door, moving as quickly as she can. But, you know, her uh, the bed had gasoline on it. And with her laying on the bed, you know, her shirt was soaked. So the her back is literally on fire. And Ankara's feet, you know, catch on fire a little bit too. But they managed to make it out the door because Marcus was already outside. He left, but Ankara came back. You know, she wasn't just going to leave her mom. And when she saw that the kids were okay, she falls out on the grass. And, you know, like they put the fire out on her back. And she passes out. So it's been a few days since Mayhem left for Arizona, you know, to check on the kids. And Zenobia's body was 75% bur uh, burnt. And they're not looking for her to last too much longer. Oh, excuse me. So, you know, he makes it back home and Mayhem makes it back home and he's checking on her. And you can just tell he's tired. He's run down having to deal with so much. Um, but 
Where are we? Where are we? Oh, because he tells her, you know, Ankara is going to need therapy behind this, which I can imagine. It's like not only were you kidnapped, but then you had to see your mom be taken advantage of. You killed somebody. And you were set on fire. It's just like, whew, at 12? Jesus. But anyway, um, Mayhem had to go out to the car for something. And while he's outside, she gets a direct message from a stripper from Arizona. And it's a video of Mayhem having sex with a woman. And the video's caption, is this your king? So she goes to the girl's page and sees that she's a stripper who lives in Arizona and she takes off her ring and put it on the table and she's crying when Mayhem gets back in the house and she's like, I thought you were going to Arizona to check on these damn kids. You was out there cheating on me and he's like, you know, no, that's not from this time. That was from the first time and I didn't know if you were alive or dead and, you know, basically get over it is what he's saying. And he's like, you know, I didn't say nothing when you fucked Noah while you was pregnant with my kids. And she's like, you know, we didn't have sex. All he did was go down on me. That is not the same thing. So he tells her, you know, look, I'm pissed that you were with him, but you don't see me trying to leave you. So you can be pissed that I had sex with her, but you ain't leaving me. So you can take your ass in the other room and be mad, but that's literally all you gonna do. And... You know, he tells her, I'm sorry, I was fucked up. And I know that's not an excuse, but know that I'm never going to get that drunk again where I can think straight and make my own decisions. So she nods and goes to the bathroom and she's looking in the mirror and she realizes that Mayhem is right. She couldn't be mad at him because had her dad not had a heart attack, she probably wouldn't have seen him until she gave birth. So it's just like, basically he gets a pass and... She realizes she has a good man who made a mistake when he was drunk and she wasn't here. So she's just going to go out and pretend. uh, Oh, she just needs to make sure the girl isn't going to pretend that she's pregnant. And, you know, he had told her that he had a test for Charisma's son and he wasn't his. So it's just like, you know, we're done with all this other BS. We just going to focus on us. And she gets on the phone with Taiwan. But while she's on the phone with Taiwan, her water breaks. So Mayhem is trying to get the stuff ready for the hospital. She's like, baby, we ain't making it to no hospital. These babies are coming right here and right now. And he starts to panic. But he pulls out his two phones. And in one phone, he calls 911. The other one, he calls his mom. And Taiwan is still on FaceTime on Olina's phone. So... She's basically walking her through the process because Mayhem is, he's lost it. So it's just like, um, he ain't no help. But anyway, they make it where Mayhem and Olena, they deliver the babies right at home. And the other twin was hiding like throughout the whole book. So they didn't know if it was going to be another girl or a boy but it turns out they have two baby girls one name is prior the second so um mayhem's junior and then the other one's name is preston because that was going to be mayhem's twin sister name so she gave the baby that name 
And, you know, life is just good. And she says, you know, if you had told me 10 years ago or even a year ago that I would be laid up in the hospital with twins with the man I had a crush on since I was 16, I would have told you you were crazy. And she looks at Mayhem and she tells him, thank you for loving me. And he says, no, thank you for loving me and blessing me with the two cutest kids I've ever saw. So it's a year later and Zenobia never woke up from her coma and her mom was too sick to travel to Arizona to pull the plug. So Ankara had to pull the plug on her mom. And it's just like, damn, Ankara got it hard, man. And Marcus is currently in the care of Santana's family and Ankara is in foster care. And so they have two custody battles going on because he's trying to get custody of Ankara, but her real dad was fighting it. And I think I missed it because I'm like, when did we ever establish that the real dad was in the picture? Because Ankara was supposed to be from a one night stand that she had no idea. Um, like who the dad was, like who he, if he even stayed in it, uh, I was going to say Atlanta, Lord, in Chicago at all. She never knew who the dad was. So this took me by surprise. Um, and you know, Marcus is texting them every day, like saying he wants to come live with them, but they can't even have visitation because Santana's family isn't allowing it. And Noah took a plea deal and got six years in jail for two counts of voluntary manslaughter and he'll be eligible for parole in three years she promised to write him like as much as she could but mayhem said no no you're not so we're not even doing this um and so she also had a baby boy and she's standing at the refrigerator holding the baby when frank comes in and says you know give me my nephew and there's a picture that they took in Arizona where Ankara and Marcus are holding each one of the twin babies. And when Mayhem walks in, he's like, you know, I'm having deja vu. So let's go back to the beginning where he had those flashes of looking into his past and into his future. And this is the scene that he saw. But when it got blurry and he didn't know who the man was that was standing there, it was actually Frank. Um, you know, holding his son. But anyway, uh, I forgot. What's the baby's name? Oh, the baby boy's name is Pierre. So we have Pryor II, Preston, and Pierre. And Mayhem delivered this baby as well. And she feels like he ignored her contractions all day just so he could deliver the baby at home. And... Everyone keeps asking them when the wedding is, but they actually secretly got married, but they're not telling anybody. Although Mayhem is uh, sporting a gold diamond wedding band, but no one is like, I guess, paying attention to it or asking them questions about it. And they still do a little dom sub play from time to time. But with three kids, they really don't have a lot of time to do it. And they are living happily ever after okay so that wraps up this three-part series by the lovely bianca 
And I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I will see you back tomorrow for whichever book that I choose because I really don't have one picked out yet. Peace and blessings, my beautiful people.